good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Jesus saves and send the light. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing above the battle strife. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. By his death and endless life. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing it softly through the gloom. When the heart for mercy craves, sing in triumph for the tomb. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. There's a call comes ringing for the restless wave. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light, let us gather jewels for a crown. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine forevermore. Amen. It is good to see each of you in the Lord's house this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Ask God to come and meet with us. Father in heaven, we come before you and we claim the promise that where two or more are gathered in your name, here, we, here you are, Lord, in our midst. And we come before you with a desire to have you shape us and mold us, conform us to your image, that we might honor you in our daily lives. I pray that it would be through worship that we're able to connect with the Holy Spirit today. And Lord, we thank you for your many blessings to us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. I am a child 
life was the cost. We stood in the debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more.
please be seated. Holy, you are 
We appreciate Brother John being our music youth pastor. 16 years this month, August, he's been with us. He's been a, a big part of our ministry here through all these years. It's such a blessing. I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 19. Uh, I'm going to preach this morning. We're going to look at Lot and his wife. Title of our message this morning is reaching for the top, reaching for the mountain. And we're going to see that take place as we come down into this text, uh, as we learn from Lot. I'm going to read to you Genesis chapter 9, 19, verses 1 and 2. Then I'm going to jump on down and I'm going to read to you verses 20, oh, on down, verse 12 on down to about uh, verse 17. And then we're going to cover the whole chapter through the message. But we're going to learn from some things that happen and tie them into the world we live in today and our faith today. You know, the New Testament teaches us that the Old Testament is given to us as an example. Christ fulfilled the Old Testament law and all those things that were there, all fulfilled upon the cross as we come into the age of grace today. But it doesn't wipe away the Old Testament. The Old Testament is given to us for so much to learn from. And as we look at Lot and his wife and look at the circumstances there in Genesis chapter 19, there's really a lot for us to learn concerning the day and age we live in today. So listen as I read to you a segment of verses through Genesis chapter 19, starting with verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house. And tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And Lot pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. So if you were to take and read back in chapter 17 and 18 leading up to 19, you'd find that God had heard the voices of the people rising up to heaven. And he'd heard of all the evil and the wicked that was taking place in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so here we find these angels sent forth. And God says, I want to verify all that I have heard is so. And so these angels come, and their lot is sitting at the gate of the city. And in the ancient cities then, and even still today, you can go to, uh, go to the Middle East, you can go to the ancient ruins of those cities, and as the guide takes you, they'll show you the gate to the city, and they'll explain to you how that the elders of the city would sit at the gate, and they would do the business of the city as it came and went. And so there's Lot sitting at the gate. And as these strangers come, he presses them hard to come and spend the night at his house. And they say, no, 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 we're just going to stay here in the community. We're going we're gonna to sleep on the green, per se, as you would have in uh, the New England area. 
And Lot says, no, no, no. And he presses hard. He persuades hard. He really stresses on them the need for them to come and spend the night in his house. And it tells us that they did. And there he prepared for them a great feast. And they ate and they were getting ready to go to bed. And all of a sudden, as you read down in the text, there comes a banging on the door. And the men of the city come to the door and they say, we know that you have some strangers at your house and we want you to send them out that we might know them. And it's not that they want to meet and greet. This is a city of, of sexual sin, of, of perversion. And they're wanting him to send these strangers out that they might take them and abuse them. And Lot says, no. And there becomes a confrontation and these angels pull Lot back in the door and they lock the door. And these men are secure for the night. But these men impress on Lot. God is going to call down. He's going to bring down fire from heaven. He's going to destroy this city, Lot. And you need to go ahead and you need to get your family gathered. And you need to get out of this place. We pick it up. I'm going to read to you verses 12 down through 17. And the, meds, and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place. Because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. In other words, his sons-in-laws ridiculed him and mocked him for saying these things. Verse 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither say thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now... Thy servant hath found great in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take, and I die. Behold, this city near to thee, it is a, it is a little one. Oh, let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of the city was Zoar. As we look at this, a very interesting text, because God lets Lot know Sodom and Gomorrah are going to be consumed by fire. It's going to be destroyed. He says, if you don't get out, you're going to be consumed with it. Go tell your, your son-in-laws and their families. 
They mock him, ridicule him, say, oh, that's absurd. That's not going to happen. So Lot goes back to his house and these angels say to him, okay, it's time. Now's the time. We got to go. Let's go. And Lot says he's kind of dilly-dallying. He's dragging his feet. So they grab him by the hand, his wife by the hand, the two daughters that still live in his household, and they pull him out of the city. And they say to him, come, let's get out, let's get going. We're going to go up to the mountain where you'll be safe. And Lot says, oh, wait, not so. I can't go to the mountain. If I go to the mountain, something may have, some evil may fall upon me. Let me go to this city. It's but just a small city. It's just a small city. Isn't it just a small city? And we find that throughout Lot's, you know, from the time that Abraham brought him to this country, Lot has been drawn to the city. There's an allure there for Lot. Uh, uh, somehow he feels a security there, even, it's, even though the city is so crazy unsafe. We saw that already just by the guests at his house, by the confrontation at his very door. Yet, for some reason, Lot is still drawn to the city. But when we read down in the text, sure enough, fire and brimstone comes down and consumes Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot sees it. And do you know what he does? He gathers his wife and his children and he heads to the mountain because he just saw the cities destroyed. And now he is afraid. Zoar is not small enough to make him feel secure enough. He wants to get up in the mountain because he has seen the destruction, the judgment, the hand of God come down upon Sodom and Gomorrah. It's interesting when we look at this text that we understand that Lot is struggling. He's struggling with the idea that somehow this place is not good for him. It's not done him well. It's not done his family well. But yet he's still drawn to it. And I think that's a problem that all of us as humans have. We are oftentimes drawn to things that are not all that well for us. I have at my house, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the ring security system. Are you familiar with that thing? You hook it up, it's just lights that are triggered by motion detecting cameras, and it comes and rings on my phone. So I've got the most frustrating thing happening, because at my cow shed, I have one of these lights with a camera. And at 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 10 in the morning, my thing will go bling, there's motion at your shed. And I'll turn it on, and I'll look, and there's this gigantic spider who has, who has taken up household right at my, my ring security camera. And I see him coming down. It goes, goes right across the motion detector and turns on the light. He has no idea how dangerous this is for him. <laughs> Because every time he wakes me up in the night, I think, I have got to take care of this problem. <laughs> now, he thinks he's got the best thing going. He has learned, if I scurry across this thing, the light comes on and all the bugs come to me. But it's really not a safe place for him. 
Lot is a little like that spider. For whatever reason, he is drawn to the city. No matter how unsafe it is. No matter how bad it is for him. When you look in this text, you find that Lot and his wife were severely affected by Sodom and Gomorrah. We oftentimes talk about the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the debauchery, the perversion, the destruction of the lifestyle. But sometimes we, we forget to look at Lot and his life. What, how has it affected him? When we look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, look at, look, turn with me if you would, and let's look at what this text tells us about Lot and his family concerning the effect there. Look with me at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7, 8, and 9. And God delivered just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So God here all the way in the New Testament he, 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 he draws us back. He brings us back to the ancient of days, to Sodom and Gomorrah and to Lot. And he says to us that Lot there, his soul was vexed. It means his soul was, was gouged and scoured. He was vexed by the filthy conversation of the wicked. He was vexed by all that went on in that city. Yet the irony of it is, he doesn't want to leave. Yet the irony of it is that even after he leaves Sodom and Gomorrah, he's drawn yet to this other city because, Lord, it's only a small city. Even though his soul is vexed. And you and I are living in the day and age we live in, in the time we live, the state we live, the community we live in. Oftentimes the things that are going on, the things we're exposed to, the things that press upon our lives, they may vex our soul, but if we're not careful, we're drawn to the light like that spider on my shed. And we neglect the reality that this is not a safe place to be. That we have to learn how to step back and put a barrier between us. Lot had not yet learned that. His soul was vexed. Go back with me to Genesis chapter 19. And I want you to look down with me, if you would, at verse 12 in that chapter. Genesis 19, verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any beside? A son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. So the text reminds us that he does, he goes and he talks to his son-in-laws who have married his daughters, who I'm sure have children, grandchildren. I look at the Hannahs and the Elmores and you and I throughout this room who have children and grandchildren. How would it grieve our heart 
To think that fire is going to come down from heaven and consume our daughters, our sons, our grandchildren. How, how that would break our hearts. And yet Lot, even with all knowledge that he has just seen fire and brimstone come down upon Sodom and Gomorrah, still he is drawn to yet another little city. Sometimes we have to step back and clear our head. We've got to step back and say to ourselves, have I put myself in a place that is not well for me and my children? We need to be aware of where we spend our, our entertainment time, where we spend our visiting time, where we spend our education time, where we invest our lives. We have to step back and say to ourselves, what am I exposing myself to? Is it well? And for a lot, it was not well. Exodus chapter 34, verse 7 says, Keeping mercy for the thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. We must be careful. We must not be a lot. We must not be Lot's wife, who's drawn to things that are going to infect, yes, us, yes, our children, but yes, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We need to learn to discern and to filter out the impurities in our lives. For whatever reason, Lot just didn't get it. Lot was reluctant. When you look at verse 18 in our text, when Lot said unto the angels, he says, Oh, no, no, not so, my Lord. Just imagine yourself. Here God sends two angels to you, and he's going to save your life, your wife, your kids. And he says to you, now we have to go up to the mountain to escape this destruction. And you look at him and say, no, wait, well, let's negotiate this thing. <laughs> Lot just wasn't connecting the dots. And you and I in our lives, we need to be aware. We need to be alert. It's kind of like when I was growing up, my dad called them idiot lights. You know what idiot lights are? In your car, when you're driving your car. Back in the old days, everything was gauges. And that's why dad called idiot lights, idiot lights. He liked the gauges. So your gauge and your dashboard would tell you, uh-oh, your engine's overheating. But the idiot light tells you, oh, you've overheated. <laughs> Got a problem. Or maybe your oil. You know, if you watch the gauge, a gauge would let you know, what, your oil's getting a little bit low. You're fluttering here. Wait, 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 wait. He had some warning. But in your car nowadays, the idiot light comes on and says, wow, you're out of oil. <laughs> you and I sometimes, we just don't take the warnings in life. We ignore the warnings. We wait until it's a crisis. And then we say, wow, what happened? Lot had a problem. He was reluctant. 
He was reluctant to take the instruction of God's angels sent forth to save him and his family. He wanted to negotiate. And when we come down, it's an interesting thing that God goes ahead and lets him go to Zoar. Look with me down at verse 23 in our text of Genesis 19. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld. And lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. So Lot went to the little city, but just a little city, Lord. He went there and as he's in that city, bam. Fire and brimstone comes down from heaven and consumes Sodom and Gomorrah. And the interesting thing is today, you can go ahead and take a, a, a flight over to Israel. You can go down, as you go down south on, in the nation of Israel, go down towards the Dead Sea. As you go down through there, the guide will tell you on the radio in your little guide bus. He'll start talking to you about this is the region of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he will show you pillars of salt because it's all along the region of the Dead Sea. And he'll say to you, and people still talk about those being the pillars of salt that represent Lot's wife. They've not forgotten. And even the archaeologists, if they, as they have gone and excavated cities throughout that area, throughout that land, they say, yes, these cities were consumed and destroyed by fire. But yet people deny that the Bible is true. As you look at this, Lot looked out from the city of Zoar, and he saw this happen. Tragic thing took place. His wife turned back. She looked back. And God had warned them, do not look back. Luke chapter 17, verses 32 and 33 says, Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. It's kind of a, a twist of, of words, a twist of tongue, an oxymoron. As God says to you, if you, like Lot's wife, look back to save all that's there, then you lose. But if you will just press forward and lose all that's there, you will live. And of course, he's talking about sin and repentance. He's saying you and I in our lives, if you think you're going to go ahead and save all that there is back here, all the sins of your life, all the things of your life, he says, if that's what your whole life is about, then you lose. But if you are willing to turn your sins over to God, if you are willing to let him cast them as far as the east is from the west, if you are willing to die in Christ that you might live in Christ, then you win. You live. Lot's wife looked back. 
And there she was turned into a pillar of salt. Look with me down at verse 30 in our text of Genesis 19. And Lot went out up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. You see, all of a sudden, Lot fully grasped the consequences of the time. He said, it is not safe for me to be in the city. It is not safe for me to be in this place. God told me to go and, and strive to the high ground. God told me to go up into the mountain. And so finally, Lot says... I'm going to just obey and go. And he did. But look at all that it had taken. You and I, we have to remember, remember Lot's wife. She looked back and she lost. Remember that we too are new creatures in Christ and we can't go back. We have to go ahead and reach towards the high ground. We've got to go ahead and reach towards the mountain. We've got to go ahead and leave all that, we, that which is abhorrent and embrace that which is righteous. That's what Lot finally came to. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You and I as new creatures in Christ, we don't look back. We press on. We don't go ahead and try to negotiate with God. But God, it's just, but just a little sin. No, God says, be holy for he is holy. He wants us to reach out, to strive, to be all that we should be for him. Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied within himself. So he's saying to us, you that are Christians, you and I that are the children of God, it's not all about us. We give ourselves over unto the Lord. We say, Lord, not my will, but thine, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. We yield to him. But if we go back, we lose. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's what the Lord says. So we have to strive to not be as Lot's wife. To even not be as Lot. Because Lot was hard to persuade to reach for the mountain. But you and I have to be as that new child as that born-again creature, that one who embraces that which is new, that we might strive for what God has for us. But we do live in an odd time. 1 Timothy chapter 4. When I go to that text, and this morning during our men's prayer breakfast, I read them this text. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. When I read that text, 
I think of you and I as the children of God living in the year 2023. When I read that text, I ask myself, are we in the latter times? And I certainly think all the signs are there. But he warns us, don't be like Lot's wife and depart from the faith. Don't be like Lot negotiating the sins of this world for the offer of grace and mercy and peace. He says we need to beware of those seducing spirits. Those doctrines of devil, devils. The speaking of lies and hypocrisy. We need to be wary of having our conscience seared with a hot iron. And you think to yourself, ah, I'm, I'm fine, preacher. I'm fine. It's okay. It's just a small city. My sin is a small sin. The things I'm involved in are small things. But that's where it all begins, isn't it? It's where it all begins. And we have to say to ourselves, do I want to go back? Or do I want to reach for what God has for me? It took an awful lot for Lot to finally come to a place where he gathered up his girls and he gathered up his wife and he said, come on, let's go to the mountain. It took an awful lot. And you and I in our lives, we have the benefit of the scriptures. He didn't have that. This didn't exist then. He knew his relationship between him and God. But he didn't have a Bible he could go back to and learn by all the mistakes of others. You and I do. And this morning, I want you to leave with this. I want you to leave with the understanding that every generation faces their Sodom and Gomorrahs. And every generation has to make those decisions. Do I embrace the sins of this world? Or maybe I step down and say, oh, they're horrible, they're bad, but I'm only involved in this little bit of Zoar over here, this little bit of sin. Or do we as children of God, new creatures in Christ, born again in the family of the Lord, do we go ahead and say, yes, I'm going to reach for the mountain. I'm going to reach for what God has for me, the best of the best. Now, that doesn't mean we're perfect or sinless or somehow better than anybody else. Certainly, Lot was not. Neither were any of the other people given to us in the Bible. There's only one who is good, and that's Christ. He's the only sinless one. But we should still strive to reach for the top. We should strive to not dip back into the cesspool. We should strive. To let God be at work in our hearts and souls that he might be honored. Amen. Lot came to it the hard way. You and I have the benefit of the fair warning. Amen. That little spider on my shed. He doesn't have enough going for him for him to understand the danger. Although I am long suffering and patient. <laughs> We will either transfer him or something else. Because <laughs> he can't keep waking me up in the middle of the night. 
I don't have a way to give him fair warning. It's just one day going to happen. You and I in our lives, God's giving us fair warning. Beware. Beware of all the doctrines of the devil. Beware of the hypocritical lies. Beware of the seducing spirits that would wreak havoc and destruction in your life, your children, your grandchildren, unto the third and fourth generation. Let's embrace Christ. Father in heaven, as we go forth from this place, I pray that you would guide and direct. Help us to know the mountaintop to reach for. Help us to learn to avoid the seducing spirits that would do so much harm to us and our families. We thank you that you love us. We thank you for our church family that we can worship together with. And I just pray that you would help us in every way to pursue a walk with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have a song I love to sing since I have been redeemed.